What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bustle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, she's a singer, a songwriter, and low-key a comedian. She has a new song out right now called Mr. Government with visuals to go with it, too. You know we have in the building today? We have Sugar in the building today. What's going on, my sister? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, okay. So you know the program already. We like to go right from the beginning and then bring it right up to 2022. So my first question is this. Where did you grow up in Jamaica and what type of child were you? I grew up in Montego Bay, St. James, a little community called Bogue, ghetto settings, you know, ghetto. (laughs) Um, I was a very active child. I have siblings so many siblings uh, five sisters three brothers and i am the last so you know them call me the wash belly <laughs> <laughs> me are the wash belly mitzi i said daughter the wash belly and so i was a very active child i was always taking part in extracurricular activities in school like drama club speech club Key club, choir, netball, we did duff bad because, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I didn't really get to do much. It's just from church to school to home, and that that was pretty much it. So apart from being entertained um, by my my siblings, Mm -hmm. um, we never even have a good TV. We still have a little black and white TV. We broke down every minute. We can't see nothing. So as soon as I got a chance to really, you know, get out there, mm-hmm. school was my first, my first break because as soon as I started going to school, meeting new friends and learning new stuff, that was it. You know, I realized from there that the world was bigger than just the liquid two bedroom board house woman of. You know? Got and you. So that was my little humble beginning. <laughs> right there. And growing up, what did you think you were going to get into or what do you want to get into at that time? Thinking like, OK, I, when I'm an adult, this is what I'm going to become. Always singing. Always music. Without even knowing how I would ever accomplish this. Um, I would always say, you know, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I would always say. When I become an adult, I want to be a singer. I want to be a singer because, you know, I'm from a music music family. My brothers and sisters were always singing together at home. Okay. You know, it's a church vibe. So when we go to church, they're always asking us to take part in church, do song service or, you know, lead the song of meditation or, or do a part on the choir, something. And so we grew to really love music and we would always be singing together at home. All of it. Even though that I have nieces and nephews and kids, it's the same vibe. We were always singing together, just holding a nice musical vibe as a family. And so because of that, I, you know, would take part in music everywhere, you know, at school, no matter where it was, I wanted to be a part of music. And of course my father, my father owns a sound system in the community where okay. I hail from. And so, you know, that's our next part again. So dance hall 
and church. We don't know how them put it together, but <laughs> you made it. You made it work between the two of them. So, what type of even like your father? No, was it like a dancehall song, or what type of music was he playing on the song at that time? There foundation. My father is a foundation man, you know. So you know, you got here the Gregory Isaac. You know, you got here all of the foundation music. Then you understand. I trees. Yeah, you're the Bob Marley. When you say foundation, that's daddy. And you know, I think just look growing up and looking at him, I believe he wanted to be an artist. I think he, he wanted to be an artist because he's always singing and performing in the bathroom, <laughs> outside in the yard of the farm, stuff like that. And it really, it gave me a new burst of love for music, just to look at him and, and see how he would enjoy music all the time. He never offered up on a stage. The world was his stage, you know, his home was his stage and his children were always, we had an audience, can we just, every new song that, that came out, he would have a version for himself. Girl, make what you bump, bump, bump. Get it what you bump, 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 bump. And I'm like, that's my dad. Mm -hmm. So you got so you got a mix of like hardcore reggae dance hall from your father's side, but then you also got more gospel Christian from your mother's side. Yes. And how did you put that together? And even how did the two of them exist? Because you're listening to this here and you're seeing this here. Plus, you want to be a singer. Who do you really look up to as singers? Uh, because it was music. It didn't really matter. I looked up to both of them because they both gave me the opportunity to be around music, you know? Church gave me that opportunity and the dance hall gave me that opportunity. I will say this though, I was never allowed inside the dance hall, never. Never, ever, ever. I could not put a foot in there <laughs> because mommy was strict like that. Mm -hmm. Very strict and, um, but I'm happy. I'm happy about the way things turn out because the church and mommy, the way her principles and morals, you know, it kind of kept me grounded. You know, some of my manners, me say me good mornings and, you know, stuff like that. Daddy on the other side, him rough and him school face, him school face and him not really, him, him street smart. You know, so it's a perfect balance for me. And um, yeah, man. Great, great. I don't know how they make it work, you asked. I don't know how they did it, but I know we them have so. <laughs> but I could see that I could see that in your personality, even in your music. You could hear that you have the more, you could have the inspirational side, but you also have the rebel side also. So you could see yeah. that everything that happened growing up, you absorbed it in your mind and it came out in your music later on. Yes, man, because music is a beat for every mood and a melody for each emotion. And I mean, we don't feel the same way every day. Mm -hmm. We don't. Sometimes I go to church. Yes, I mean, I'm a God church. I go put on me nice something. I'll go sit down and listen to the sermon. Yeah. But when you go out and you're in a mood to go out, you know, maybe with your lover, you're going to have a, like a dinner setting and you're going to listen to different types of music. And that's how I express myself because life is real. I don't feel the same way every day. 
there are different modes, different emotions. And um, I mean, we all have, as entertainers, we have, we have, I'm not a one-dimensional person. Not only in music, but in life too. You know, I want to enjoy myself. I want to be able to sing about this, but also sing about that. But at the end of the day, when you look at me, I'm still this person. You know, Sugar, I do believe that as entertainers, we have a creative life to express ourselves in whatever way we choose to. <laughs> Makes sense as long as it's creative and artistic and stuff. I definitely get that. So, okay, school now, you're going to school now. You said you always wanted to be a singer growing up and stuff like that. So when you're in school now, do you join the choir, the band? What You did anything musical in school? Of course. I was a part of the school choir. I want to tell you, um, there's a festival in Jamaica, talent um, festival. Mm-hmm. It's a competition, a school competition. And um, when I was in primary school, I saw other talented children, you know, who were a part of that festival. And I would be looking at them and, and wishing I could be a part. Because, you know, like I say, from school to home, mommy don't really allow much. She, she have a tight grip. Mm-hmm. Believe me, the leash was so tight. And so I would just be looking at them and wishing. But when I went to high school, it was a little bit different, you know. She kind of loosened me up a little bit. And so music, the, my music teacher at high school, he used to tour with big artists and he would come to class and talk to us about it. And mm-hmm. it would just... So, so nice. I would actually be there. <laughs> when he's talking, I felt like I was right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I wanted that. I wanted that type of experience. I wanted to live that. And so I went to him one day and I said to him, oh, Mr. Matthews, you know, I can sing. I can sing alto. I can sing tenor. And I saw me around my head and I'm telling him. <laughs> and he was like, okay, you need to come and do an audition to be a part of the school choir. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And, you know, being a part of the school choir in high school, you know, we went to the festivals. And so I started to experience, you know, singing in a festival competition and stuff like that. And it was awesome. It made me so happy. New experience, you know, because like we said, I was only used to singing with my brothers and sisters at home and at church, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So this was a brand new vibe for me. Plus, the competition would take us out of our parish. So we we would go on a bus, like field trips, travel to Kingston, you know. (laughs) My bus! (laughs) (laughs) To go sing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. go sing in Kingston and compete against other other schools and so but we say yeah man we think turn up now we feel nice <laughs> definitely <laughs> got you throughout there so okay throughout school you joined the choir and stuff so then now when you left school what was your next moves when what was your first moves when you left school after school okay all right so before I left school um, I think what I was in Fifth form, I was introduced to a band that would perform in Montego Bay. You know, one evening I was at the bus stop and my brother-in-law, Marlon Strawn, he plays the keyboard. He was a part of a band and he 
he was heading to rehearsal that evening and I was at the bus stop. I saw him and I said, I want to come with you. And I went with him to that rehearsal and, you know, I met new musicians and stuff. I saw how they did their thing. And this was a next level now because, you know, this is not school. I'm a school team, this. Mm-hmm. Not big people team. I'm going to watch them. And one day I took the mic and I started singing a cover, um, Hot Stuff. Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. I need some hot stuff, baby, tonight. Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Oh, I need your loving. And when I did that, the band leader was like, look a girl, you can sing one. You know, we have we have our every weekend gig. I'm gonna write a note to your parents and you let them know you wanna come and sing with us. I'll, I'll send a note. And you know, I got that note. I didn't give it to my mother because I, I knew the answer was already in. <laughs> <laughs> but I went on gigs with them. And okay. that was that was very rough, you know. Most of the may I tell her, say, I had to tell my mother that I was going to my auntie's house. And when I went to my auntie, she was a little bit more lenient. <laughs> so I'm close. My auntie is a dressmaker. So she would be late, late, late out at the shop <laughs> working. So she didn't even realize I wasn't at home. I left and I went on that gig. And I've been doing that... Um, you know, for I was doing that for a while <laughs> until I was introduced to the entertainment manager for a casino in Montego Bay. Okay. Yeah, he, he was looking for singers and I just went there and I got a gig and that was it. Everybody in Montego Bay started getting started to get familiar with Mitzi because at the time it was a sugar. It was Mitzi. <laughs> Until finally one of them musicians said, Oh, you say you're an artist, and you have no artist name. Mitzi, Mitzi no sound right, you know, that, that, that not gonna work. <laughs> and they went through a bunch of names until somebody said, Brown sugar. And they said, Okay, that's mm-hmm. it. I'll work with that. <laughs> you know, and so after high school, I would have being at um i went straight to coral cliff because you know meeting up with all of those musicians while i was still in high school it mm. helped because you know i could call on them and they would say you know this person is looking for a, a, a singer or you know this hotel they have a gig you wanna you know, how many songs you know learn some songs and come you know so just meeting those musicians it offered me an opportunity and i took it so you didn't have like a job in between high school and singing or it was just basically you went straight into hustling on the hotel circuit and stuff like that? I had, I was working at a school as a secretary. Um, I worked at three schools mm-hmm. and then I decided like, listen, this is not for me at all because <laughs> it's just not for me. I don't like being bossed around. I don't like it. And so I decided, no, I'm not going to do this. Music is what I really love. Plus, while I was working as a secretary, I was doing gigs. And then I would go to school and I'd be sleeping in the, in the office. <laughs> sleeping all day. And I'm like, listen, 
I need my rest for my show tonight. I gotta go. <laughs> and at this time, were you actually learning the the music business, or you're just learning about how to sing and go out and stuff like? Or were you learning paperwork and all that about the business? No paperwork, no business, nothing. I just wanted to sing. I just wanted to sing. I wanted to hear myself. You know, I I had no knowledge at all where the business was concerned. To be honest. Um, I started singing with Tanya Stevens. Okay. How did you even meet Tanya Stevens? Cause I've heard, I've heard you say this before that you were singing with her. How did you even meet her in the first place? Okay. Um, so I met Tanya Stevens while I was at Coral Cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, Taddy P, her bass player, he was looking for he told me and another girl that um, Tanya was looking for background singers because she was about to go on a tour. And so me said, what? <laughs> I just learned all the songs. Me and Chrissy, we learned all the songs and we rehearsed together every day until we got all the parts right. And then we went to her rehearsal and we just did that like it was, like we were doing it forever. And she was, she was impressed. And she said, okay, all right, guys, ready. We have a tour. We have the first show is in Martinique. That time I didn't even own a passport. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But I'm just, I'm saying all of this to show you how everything was just coming together as though it was ordained. For sure. You know, because I said, this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> but I didn't make any preparations. You know, I didn't, I wasn't clear on how I was going to do it. But you just knew you wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And that was the important thing. And so when she said, we're going to Martinique, I got an express passport. Express, $9,000. <laughs> and I got it in a, in a week, I think. Mm -hmm. And then before you knew it, I was on a private plane. Heading to Martinique with Tanya, and I felt like, oh my God, I, I made it, man. I'm here. <laughs> I'm doing what I said I wanted to do. You Even know? if it was just as a backup, you just know that this yes. is where you want to be. Music. It's music, you know, and I love music. And so being able to be a part of anything musical was success to me, is success to me, you know, because... I set out to be with music, to do music, and that's what I'm doing. And it makes me very happy. So when I went to Martinique with Tanya and I got that VIP view, because that's what she gave me, a mm -hmm. VIP view. Me for big girl, I have to big her up. And that wasn't the only trip, you know, because I toured with her. Mm -hmm. We went to Europe, we did big festivals, we went to Africa. She's the first person who actually took me outside of Jamaica. And I got a beautiful VIP view of music and how beautiful it is and how people love it. You know, how people under one roof can just be there, all peaceful, enjoying beautiful reggae music. Trust me, that made me cry all the time just to see it because while we were in Europe, I saw that these people, when you try to communicate with them, when you try to converse with them, they don't really understand what you're saying. They'd be like, oh, what, what me? What me? <laughs> but while they're singing, 
they they're singing every single word. I remember one girl, she came backstage and she was playing a guitar. And she was singing at Tanya Stevens, where Bubba grew up, kept his tobacco chewed up. And where they used to hung up, they always kept to up. And I'm like, wow, beautiful. And she was like, what mean? What? what? I'm like, really? This is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I saw that, I was like, listen, I want this. Not want, I need this. Mm -hmm. This is lovely. I love this. It just do something to me, man. Was there anything that Tanya told you while you guys were that that time period that you were with her that you'll never forget and you took with you on your musical journey? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tanya would always say, like, and not just what she said, mm -hmm. just how she presented herself, how she would always show up. She would always show up, you know, I remember she would, she would always say like, listen, I am not a woman. I'm a musician. Mm. Not a woman, I'm a musician, you know? <laughs> so basically she was saying like, I don't want them to be putting me in a category. I'm a musician. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go up against males. I can, whatever it is. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I do music. You know, she said that and I, I, I never forgot that. And, you know, she also said, you see how rough it is out here on the road? People think it's easy. It's, it's not easy. It's rough out there in the cold. Cold, cold. You know? But we have to push you same way sometimes. And you know, you live in Canada. It's pretty cold there. <laughs> Sometimes you can hardly find your voice to speak <laughs> and to be out there singing every night with only one night off. <laughs> we have to salute her and salute the artist them, you know, because music is a beautiful tool, you know, and we take it out there and deliver beautiful messages and we entertain and people enjoy themselves and let off a load, you know. All of meds, whatever type of music it is, it does something to people. You know, that's why people love it. <laughs> for sure. You understand. So how long were you guys, were you actually touring with her for? I toured with her from 2006 until I entered Digital Rising Star competition in 2009. Okay, so for about three years. Did you guys do any recordings too, or that was solely just on the road? That was solely just on the road. Okay, so you didn't do no background vocals for on a record or anything like that? No. Yeah. No. I can't recall. Mm -hmm. What made you, okay, touring did a lot of good stuff, but still, you don't really understand the business. You're still in it, but you still don't understand it per se at this time here. Right. <laughs> So what made you go from touring, doing all this great stuff right around to actually entering a competition where now you're going from a background to now I'm foreground? How did that happen? What made you decide to do that? Okay. So while I was touring with Tennant Stevens, I was still singing at Coral Cliff. Mm. I still had that job there. And so the musicians, they were older than me. And they would also always say to me, like, listen, you are young. You have a beautiful voice and you have room to grow. 
why don't you enter this talent competition and start recording songs of your own? Because you're always saying some crazy things. You're always making people laugh. You're always making sense. So why don't you just, you love music so much. Why don't you just take it serious and, and, and you know, enter this competition? It, it's going to be in town. They're doing auditions on Sunday. Why don't you? And I was like, oh, why not? Why not? And so... Even though I said that, I was very nervous. <laughs> and um, my friend Zena, he had to actually hold my hand and take me to the place to do the audition. Hmm. And after I did that, that, that audition, it was a life-changing, whole life-changing experience. Because now I was no longer Little Mitzi from Bogue. I was now Sugar from Montego Bay representing her parish with her talent, representing her country, everything just building blocks kept going up, you know? And I'm grateful. What was it like the first night you actually stepped on that stage, the first night of the competition? What did that feel like? Nerves. I want to tell you, we had to rehearse that whole week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm used to singing with a band. Because at, at that casino, we had a nice band and background singers and stuff like that. So I'm used to that. But um, in the competition, we had to sing on tracks. And so it was different. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the competition, we used um, tracks. And it was, it was so different. And so I had to, you know, get myself in, in that frame. And when I stepped out on that stage, I thought I was going to lose it because that whole week of rehearsal, I lost my voice and, you know, nerves can't make you mash up, you know. Mm -hmm. Mash me up, man. I lost it. But when I stepped out on the stage and I saw the people in front of me and I remember, like, when I was in primary school and high school and I would stand up to introduce myself, I always say, I want to become a singer one day no this is your chance the lights are on what are you gonna do so all i was having that conversation with myself quickly <laughs> and i was like okay it's time to just sing because this is an opportunity and i can't waste this opportunity people are looking let them know let them know that you you have something and you know god gave me a talent so why not use it <laughs> and then where in the competition do you really feel like, okay, you actually have a shot at winning this? Where do you say, okay, I see what's happening here now? I never, never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Never, because, you know, the truth is, all the other singers, they were very good to me. Very good. And so um, I never thought about winning. I just thought about going out there and doing my best each time. And I left uh, the rest of the people. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the final night of the competition, how you felt and what happened when they said the winner is. How did you feel the whole night of that competition last night? Yeah, I was so happy because it was finally over. Mm -hmm. It was, I was over it like 
from the week before the finals because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is it's winding down to it and I'm getting so nervous. Am I good enough? You know, we ask ourselves these questions from time to time because okay. I don't know why. I really don't know why we doubt ourselves. But I guess it's because we really want to shine and we want to be our best, you know. So we have to question ourselves sometimes. So I, I was asking myself that throughout the competition, like, am I good enough? Am I really going to win this? Can I really win this? And people from all over, people who I don't know at all, they would meet me in the streets and be like, girl, you are so good. We love you. You're so natural. You just chat. Normal, I would just feel like we are your friend and it just feel good. I like you. And people would feel comfortable to just step up to me and just greet me. I would just hold a vibe and sing something for me and I would just sing something for them. Stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I like that. I like that. I like the fact that, you know, I can be myself and people can love that. So I have to big up the people then because, trust me, I really them do it for me. Understand and make me believe in myself. So that final that night, it it man, it was nerve-wracking, but I was over it, I was excited, I was happy that it was finally the final, the finale. <laughs> and when they announced you the winner, what did you feel at that second there? Really, I felt like <sighs> <laughs> Thank God it's over. Mm -hmm. I was relieved. I was happy. It was mm -hmm. over. I was happy the um the other singer was there with me and that we did it together because she was she she's younger than me. Mm -hmm. But you know, during the competition I was like a big sister to her and we would share a room, the same room together. You know, I, I was always looking out for her, and I was so because we're both from um, Monte. She's from Negril, I'm from Montego Bay. Okay, so neighboring parish. Mm -hmm. We would travel together to Kingston, stuff like that. When she she's passing, I know she would stop and pick me up, and we would travel up together. And so I was happy we were both in the finals together. I was very happy. Good. And, you know, um, knowing that, okay, no, no, I have a chance to actually live my dream and make it a reality because, you no know, people, they gave me the stamp of approval and say, girl, okay, we like you. You have something. So, no, it wasn't just Zena. It wasn't just my friend from Coral Cliff saying, you're talented. You have something. Everybody was confirming that. And so... I was like, okay, no, I can actually do what I want to do. <laughs> From the and winning the competition, what did the winner win? What did you win as the winner? We won. I won a million dollars. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the lot of the people them. Mm -hmm. I was forget that. That's the greatest prize. <laughs> the heart of the people. <laughs> Okay, so there was no like, there was no like recording contract or anything at the end. No. I promise. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. Just the heart of the people then, because remember, you know, the competition went on for about two months. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think about two months and to be on TV for two months, I could not pay for that free promo to, to show people that, hello, hi, mm-hmm. I'm sugar, I can sing. You know, it was free, mm-hmm. free, you know, and of course I learned a lot too, because I got, they, they had like mentorship programs mm-hmm. where they introduced to us a little bit about the music industry. You know, we had to do interviews. And so it was a lot of prepping for now, mm-hmm. you know, so all of that I'm grateful for, man. Trust me, I couldn't be sitting at home and, and, and um, receive all of that freeness. <laughs> no, I had to step out. And when I went out there, it lifts me up. And now I am here. You know, I'm so grateful. Hundred percent. All right, you won the competition. Everybody's happy. You're doing your thing. So, what was your next move to get either into the business or solidify yourself more into the business at this time? I wanted to get into the business. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more, and so, but you know, immediately after the competition, I was a little bit, I was a little bit lost because I didn't know mm-hmm. what the next move should be. Got you. I didn't. And so I just took a leap of faith anyway. And I started going to Kingston more often. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if I heard about a studio there, I would just go there. I didn't have anything to do there, but I would be there sitting down. Mm-hmm. Somebody would see me and say, hey, another girl, this so they did another competition. I'm saying, so what vice, yo? And it started, <laughs> you know? Off your step out, and that's what I did because while I was it was while I was at um mixing now mm-hmm. when I was introduced, I heard a rhythm. Lucky he was playing a rhythm, and when I heard the rhythm, that's how I was introduced to Donovan Jermaine because that rhythm, OMG rhythm, mm-hmm. was um Lucky he was recording on it. I'm saying, no man, this rhythm is so beautiful. Whose rhythm is this? And somebody said. A German rhythm in a penthouse. I'm saying, oh, me go, oh, me go meet Jeremy now. Who oh, me go meet him? Come remember me a country girl, you know. I don't know nobody in Kingston, believe me. I don't have no family in Kingston. No relatives. I don't know. I'm clueless. But I have to make it work because this is my dream. And, and I got this opportunity. So now I got to make it happen. And so I called Tanya Stevens. I said, Tanya, Jeremy of this reading. And Tanya said, enough said. Mm-hmm. Action. She just make a call, link up the link. And that was it. I was at Penthouse recording on the OMG reading. And I said, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was your first time recording? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty frightened. Because you, see, you know when you love something. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't actually know how you're going to accomplish this thing, and you find yourself just doing it. Wow! But I don't know if I find me call your gratitude. Yeah, I'm a grateful bad man. <laughs> and that was your first time actually recording a song at that time there. Yes. And the song is complicated, complicated love. Complicated love. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes I don't That's how I feel about you I ask you to leave Cause I know you won't What would I do without you? You're supposed to mean The world to me But you're just hurting me This love is complicated, I swear But still I never trade you for no one else Yes! Like <laughs> How did you even come up with that song for that rhythm there? At the time I had a writer mm-hmm. and we were together at Mixing Lab, Mixing Lab at the time when we heard the rhythm. And he was like, yeah, man, the rhythm, pretty man. He's the one who wrote the song. He started singing that melody. And trust me, he's very talented, you know? Mm-hmm. Very talented, big up Merrick Shaw. And... When he did that, when he started singing, I was like, wow, beautiful. So now if you big up the writer, then we really work with singers, work with artists and help, help with production. Mm-hmm. So now you're linking with Donovan Germain. Did you get signed right away or you just recorded your first song there? I didn't get signed right away. I just recorded my first song and then, <laughs> funny, after I did the song, there was no reaction from Jeremy, so I was very nervous. I was like, oh, my God, did I mess it up? What happened? Isn't the song good? What's going on? <laughs> but then he gave me another reading. I said, work on this. <laughs> and so I knew, okay, I must, I must have um, done something right to get another reading. <laughs> so I went home and I did my homework, and I came back with boys. Boys will be boys. Honey, no matter we treat them right, them still a cheat, see them way. You could have doing seven days a week, twice every night, them a cheat, see them way. How when them bounce sent tired, soon as in the few sighting, gone, do it, see them way. But girlfriend, no matter what, because it's not your fault, so these men stay. So when a girl got a man who not cheat, grab on, pun him tight, me, I tell you that one is a... <laughs> Yeah, and if you notice, I went in a different direction mm-hmm. because I figured, okay, you know what? If I'm going to do music, I want to show everything that I can do. Mm-hmm. I want to show it all, you know? So the producer, his job would be to let me know, like, okay, I prefer this style or this this part of you is stronger, this side is weaker, so just work with that. But I never got that reaction. And so I just kept on growing, growing, growing. You know, I'm like that. Never big up Jeremy because, you know, one thing about working with Jeremy, he always allows talents to really express themselves dearly. Never big him up for that. For sure. Because as you say, you went into a different direction. This song, this is one of the songs where I said, when I introduced you and said, you're a comedian, because only a comedian could start writing songs like this. Nine, five, eight. Okay. All right. Because you see with that one there, even the visuals, how do you come up with that one there now? (laughs) Nine, five, five, eight. Okay. So, you know, that's, um, you saying bulls. Mm Mm-hmm. World record, right? 9.58. But of course, having conversations with some of my sisters, we realize that a lot of men, they have this problem in the bedroom. They run very fast. And so... (laughs) Uh. 
we, we just uh, try to fix the thing and let them know that any race that is being run, if I'm not the winner, I'm going to make a fuss about it. I'm going to call you a 9.58 and I'm going to do it loud. <laughs> so you better fix it up. Mm -hmm. You understand? And when I perform this song, trust me, sometimes the man them vex and they're like, hey, sugar, you're not easy. You know? I'm saying, oh, you sound like you guilty. You sound guilty. Oh, you're <laughs> You see, even in that song there, I could definitely feel the Tanya Stevens inspiration of a song like that. Yes, man. Tanya Stevens. Is a boss. And you know what? I'm grateful when people look at me and say, you know, you remind me of a Tanya. You laugh like a Tanya. Your vibe is like a Tanya Stevens. What's going on there? Never said, big up to Tanya Stevens, man, because I love, I, I'm, it's okay when people say that to me because she's so great. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Not a bad thing at all. But of course, you know, I guess because I'm a rootsy and just that, because it's not something that I, that I do on purpose. I just need this. I saw me talk, I saw me laugh, and I saw me vibe. And maybe that's why we get along too, because, you know, I just, I just, the type of vibe. <laughs> and also, you know, I love the way, I love her writing. I love the way she writes. You can listen to a Tanya Stevens song with children. Mm -hmm. And they, she's actually saying a lot, but it's not clear. <laughs> yeah, for really no, for no. You understand? And so I took that. Mm -hmm. I took that because I want my songs to be played anywhere. So I don't just put it out raw like that. We have to fix it up in a way. Conceal the liquor things, them in a way. Put on liquor, conceal upon them. <laughs> Yes, man. <laughs> okay, since you're talking about concealer again, this is in that same vein. This is where now crime scene. This is another song that you came up with in that same type of vibe. How did you come up with that one there now? Shark line crime scene, yellow tape. Funeral bright lights on that take. The cook clean, but the cock could awake. So move your dead cell from me, get I will miss the one. Sugar don't like soft, man, I miss it too. Me could have stayed faithful to you. I miss it three more water, can't make baby. And four, my man, not for real hardcore. All right. Did I tune here? No. <laughs> I was bored. Mm -hmm. I was visiting my, my sick aunt in New York, and I was so bored sitting around the computer all day because, you know, I'm not living foreign. So it's not like I have a job to, to go to during the days. I'm just sitting there at home and I was so bored. And I remember Jermaine sent me some foundation readings. Um, this one was the Far East, right? Mm -hmm. Far East. As I was going through these readings, going through the readings. And I heard that one and I was like, beautiful. Well, you know, Mulan Nancy, she had a style where she had said, I may say one. And we'll say, yo, we're going to listen to the song. Let me listen to it. And we'll say, this just feel like something I'm going to do. Big up, sister Nancy. And we say, all right, I'm going to flip it. 
I'm not flip it. I'm not doing my mother thing to it. And you know, mm-hmm. that's how that song came about. <laughs> Johnny dead, Johnny dead, Johnny dead, oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy. You know, Johnny dead, Johnny dead. It came from um Sammy, Sammy plant piece of condom. So it's just a bunch of things that were already in the space. Mm-hmm. But I just put my little spin to that. Right there. This one now is where we now see the rebel side of you. This is where you now started to grow your locks. This one is called um, Lost My Soul. All right. How did you even come up with that? And why did you decide, okay, now I want to start growing my locks. I go a little bit more rebel right now, opposed to singing. Soul to Um, Give my soul to Jack. All right. So... One morning, I got a call from my aunt. She was trying to, she's a farmer. And so she wanted to purchase some yam heads. And she was asking me for money. But I was broke, broke, broke. I didn't even have fear to go studio. <laughs> Don't ask me where the million dollar go. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> so... I felt so bad though, because it was the first time she was asking me for something and I didn't have it. I couldn't help her. Mm-hmm. And so she said to me, Mitz, Mitz, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad, you know, because at the end of the day, just make sure your soul is right. This is my mother's sister, by the way. She's mm-hmm. also a Christian. She said, just make sure your soul is right. Because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And when I came off the phone, that was still on my mind and so the chorus came to me i vow to give my heart to georgia there is no profits in gain in the world i vow to give my soul to georgia there is no profits in gain in the world and losing my soul. And I was like, no, immediately the chorus came to me. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful, beautiful. And I felt it. I never saw my plan for just lock me here and just walk a different way. And yes, it was from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, the principles, mommy's teachings, you know, and just the fact that I was now exposed to a whole bunch of things. And of course, I I started to feel like a prodigal child in some sense, like, you know, I was going on a path that was probably too far. You know, some sort of guilt started to kick in. (laughs) And I guess it was from the program I was under as a child, you know? So I was a little bit caught in between not knowing who I was and it was a whole bunch of things going on, guilty conscience and all lot of things. And so I wanted to find myself. So I decided, you know what? I don't know if this is who I am mm-hmm. or what I'm gonna find on this journey, but I'm gonna embrace it because this is how I feel now. This is how I feel now. And notice what I said, this is how I feel now. No. Because as long as you have life enough, life is going to come with changes. 
change you go come. You go feel different tomorrow. You know, you don't feel the same way every day. And so I embraced that feeling and I went with it. I feel like lock my ear and I just lock it. I felt that song and I sang it. You know, I expressed it because that's what I was feeling. You know, and I, I, I keep it real every time because I, I just so like go. For sure. For me, I keep it real every time. And I'm not going to come and feel nothing. <laughs> Got you 100%. You're still over Penthouse doing all your stuff. Was there any time you were a part of um, the Busy Signal kind of camp turf? <laughs> yes, Busy Signal, I'm a big brother, man, of course. Remember, Busy Signal was at Penthouse. When I went to Penthouse, you know, and did my first recording, Busy was there, D Major was there, Romeo and Virgo, um, Escolibai, um, RC, Tamika Marshall. It was a whole bunch of us. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of us. And so it was a family vibe. Every day we had a studio together, busy advising to yo the one in your every metal and we and we just did it and watch him and I will advise. You know, if you can get a rhythm, got a rhythm from Notice. Notice production came and wanted to regard him. And uh he was like, Yo, hello baby, can you come over that song? That rhythm. Yes. And he was like, you know, if sugar. I don't know if it's the someone else. I don't know if it's the whole of we just record the sounds. You know, so it was a vibe like that. Cool, cool, busy signal, and I have to big him up. And it was like that every day, all the time. He was always seeking opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Do you guys actually go on the road together and stuff like that too? No. We never went on the I never went on the road with him. I know that Esco and everybody else. Mm -hmm. Went on the road. I never went on the road with him. <laughs> Maybe we never fit in at that either right. because the type of songs I was doing probably wouldn't wouldn't really fit there. But mm -hmm. I'm a brother regardless. For sure. Yeah. Because I know even coming up towards uh, 2016, you came up with another powerful song called Ebony. How did you come up with this song here now? Struggle, you know. Mm -hmm. Struggle, struggle, struggle. And real life real things i was going through some stuff and um i don't know if it was the universe and what it was but a voice just said to me ebony ebony mm -hmm. there was a group in montego bay three beautiful women <laughs> and the group was called ebony and i was like why why do i keep hearing this ebony ebony thing what is it about ebony and i somebody told me ebony was it represents black honestly i didn't know until after i did the song okay um uh, i am ebony ebony is strong ebony survives ebony is free free and i was like okay all right because i felt like i was reminding myself that in times when you're down, you need to find the strength to continue. You have to find the strength to keep going. You know, because I was at that point, you know, when you're doing something and you don't feel like it's working in your favor or it's, 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 
it wasn't going good at all for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. I don't feel like I can continue. And so that's when I started hearing Ebony, Ebony, Ebony every time. And I wrote the song Ebony, took me from my roots, tried to destroy my stem. They tried to cut down my branches because, like we said, Sometimes you just feel like everything is against you. No matter how much good you do, everything is against you. And that's how I felt in that moment. And this song, it kind of gave me life. It gave me life and, you know, it, it, it kind of, it woke up a new part of me that I didn't, I didn't know. I think mm-hmm. Because, you know, after I did that song, I wanted to, do more inspiring songs. I wanted to be more serious about music and the messages that I that I would put in my songs. You know, because I say, yo, music is a serious thing, you know. Look what it do to me. I wasn't planning on singing this song. It just came to me and it came to me as a message for me. And when I delivered this message, people started reaching out to me and say, Oh my God, my sister, listen. This, this song is beautiful. This is a beautiful song. This song took me through so much, so much struggles and so much. You know, every time I listen to this song, I feel like I can, I can continue. I can make it. And I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. So even I had it in mind, you know, like maybe I need to stop doing music because I see a lot of people who I've been doing music for so long and I see people who just start doing music and they're doing so much better than me. Maybe it's not for me. I have people, I have friends who told me like, listen, why don't you go and look at nine to five? Music not working out. Why you not go? I've seen comments, people, uh, there was an article, uh, um, I think it was a star and there were comments underneath it. Like, oh, sugar, sugar need to go and open an orange stall and start selling orange. Tasty, <laughs> and th- that's not very encouraging, mm-hmm. you know. But this is the world we live in, you know. And then something that we just balance it. I'm not willing to say you have to firm, you have to firm, you have to be aware, mm-hmm. yeah, that these things do exist. But when you stand for something, you have to, you have to stand for. You understand 100%. And what a lot of people don't realize when they make these comments under like a Instagram post or Twitter or whatever the case is, they almost think it's funny without realizing how it's going to affect the person that it's actually pointed at. You know what I mean? Which is, oh, you're a star, you're on stage and all this, but you're still a human being before you sing. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, we have to just firm and understand that this is these spaces this is how they operate. Some people, they, they, you know, this is how they get to shine. And sometimes when you click on these things, they don't even have any followers. Their page is private. I just somebody, this person was probably going through something too, mm-hmm. you know? And then I try to release all of them heat and them anger and them heaviness, them bad energy on somebody else. So we have to be aware of all these things. And like I say, just firm. Just firm. <laughs> Just like that. So was this around the time where you kind of took a break from the business or this was a little after this? Um, 
yeah, this this was around that time. Mm-hmm. And I took, I had to, I had to take an, a hiatus because, you know, like I said, I felt like I wasn't necessary in the space, and you know, maybe I was looking at things the wrong way to move. You know, um, I'm much more grown now, mm-hmm. and I realized that. Listen, I, it, 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 my space is my space. My purpose is my purpose, and I can't look at somebody else's purpose. I envy that. You understand? You are doing your podcast. I'm doing my singing. You know, you invite me here on your platform. You lend me this platform so people can, you know, be aware of what's going on with sugar, you know, take them on this journey. It's an introduction, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm so grateful. And so I used to feel like I was worthless. I lost my confidence. I did. Lost it totally. I left Penthouse. I wasn't recording at Penthouse anymore. I even called Jeremy and I put even an article in the paper that I'm no longer working with Jeremy because I felt like, okay, you know what? I'm doing all these songs and things aren't moving as quickly as I wanted them to. There was so much pressure too. <laughs> because when I would be on this road, people would be like, yo, sugar, we'll vote for you and send you through. We'll see you don't know music. Music... No matter how many songs I did, it was never enough. <laughs> never. Everybody always wanted a new song. Like, you're not doing any music. So me, I said, them not hear the song. Them me, I do. Nobody know how to play the song. Them, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of broke me. It broke my spirit, my whole vibe, my passion, everything was broken. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just started to, it, it was bad tear my own hair out with my hands, stuff like that. And I, I said, you know what happened? I think this is the time. It's time for me to take a break. So I went home, mm-hmm. spent some time with my family, you know, soak up the really, really love because that's where it started. You know, mm-hmm. at this it started the mommy love, mom, daddy roast some breadfruit with some salt, mackerel rundown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eat some of that and I started to remember when I was a kid and then the whole energy just start build back start build back start build back start build back mm-hmm. and I was ready again ready again and you know I realized you see bad energy bad energy drain you know sometimes mm-hmm. they're on some people and it just the negativity they project their own weakness on you until you say, I can't do this. Don't you see this one is doing that? Why are you going to, don't sing, you're a better DJ. You know, sister, that one that sing, they will kill you over this. So, and then we, just a bag of negativity. And I don't do good with that at all. Mm-hmm. I just like to be free. I want to live my life and be free and express myself the way the expressions come to me. You understand? It's not your expression. So why you want to tell me how to express? <laughs> exactly. You know? And so I just had to clean out my life. Keep people at 
arm's length or even further. <laughs> and how long, how long do you actually leave the industry for? For a while, you know, mm-hmm. for a while, I think like two years. And what were you doing in the meantime? Because remember, the industry, you probably didn't like what was happening in the industry, but you can't turn off creativity. You can't turn off that thing that's inside you. So what were you doing that time when you were down? Of course I was creating. I was still feeling. I was still alive. So, you know, music would still come to me. I was still writing. Every time I would just record something on my phone, you know, if a nice melody came to me, I would just record it on my phone put things down and put it together, you know? So by the time I was ready, <laughs> songs, songs. So I, when I went back to Pentos, I was like, Jeremy, I have this song, you know? <laughs> and Jeremy, everything was different. Everything was different because now Jeremy would just say, okay, I'm going to set up a session for next week. How many songs do you have? Okay, I have five songs. Musicians came in and we just did that. Mm-hmm. Who all knew, who all knew respect. You know, Jermaine saw that I had a new drive, a new passion. All of the naysayers and the people who used to be around me, you know, talking down and, you know, projecting all of that bad vibe, they were no longer around. And so Jermaine knew that, okay, she's ready now. She's ready. Because, you see, when you have some people in me and tell you, you know, we know, don't pay attention to that. Your passion is your passion, man. When you spend time by yourself working on your craft, it is better. Or with like-minded people, people with good energy, and you can feel it. You can actually feel negativity. You don't need that. <laughs> no. <laughs> you understand. So then now, when you came back, was this when you recorded the song with Bugle? The replay? Hmm. Bugle. I did that song replay in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And this was before, before, this was before um, I took that break. Um, so this producer from Africa, he reached out and he wanted to do a song. He wanted me and I think it was Cecile to do the song. Okay. But the, I, I wasn't hearing that because even though I wasn't going to write her part, and I, I listened to the rhythm and I was like, okay, like who? And I, didn't, I wasn't hearing that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hearing that at all. And so he said, he went back to his source and they said, Bible. But he wanted me to write the song. So I said to him, listen, if we're going to do this song, you have to go back in studio, create a live reading. I can link you up with musicians. Just do that. Because we want, you know, I've been recording with Pentos and the rhythms are very strong. I don't want to do anything weak. <laughs> so he said, okay. And I just link him up with the musicians and him do him thing. Then he sent me the rhythm. And I wrote the song, um, Replay. And then, you know, I went to Bugle Studio, sat with him, we would have vibe or reason. So I could, could actually, and I didn't know him before that. 
saw his, his music videos, heard his songs, stuff like that. I saw him one time at Big Yard and we just, he greeted me, a nice little embrace and then that was it. So when I went to his studio, that was the first time we were actually vibing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just feel, feel kind of get an idea of who Sugar is. So he can know if he fit himself on the song. You know, so that was the vibe. And then he did his verse. It was a real playful song between the two of you guys. And again, this is where you went into your thinking cap, where you have to think about what I'm saying. But if you know what I'm saying, you'll get it. But it's not just out in the open. You understand? Yes. Yes. <laughs> replay. We're not just there. Yeah. No, put it on replay. Okay. You know, Mr. Selector, put it on replay, please. I want to hear it again. I want it again and again and again. <laughs> Love it over and over again. When you come over, put it on replay. I need you loving right away. <laughs> All right. There's one last song I'm going to ask you about because I'm not going to let you get away with this one here. <laughs> because of how you actually tried to trick the person in the song, I said, listen, we have to talk about this. You know what oh, I mean? God. Talk about Gary. All right. I didn't try to trick Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I really did it. <laughs> listen, he tried to tell the man, no, he was not. You told him he was drunk. He was not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> how did you co- come up with a concept like that in your mind and say yes this is how i'm going to put it together this song again it was merrick shop we wrote this song together um <laughs> be, be, who the hell you calling man um I don't know what went through his head, <laughs> but we got the rhythm and the rhythm was nice. The old King Cole rhythm. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know what? Them rhythm are really nice. We tell a story. Storytelling songs are always so nice on these beats. So let's try a story song. And he came up with that. And I'm like, yo, you're just creative. I'm crazy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> just a come in me. I'm a man from the club. Like in a head. We in a, a mother rush. We could do wait just for dropping out the bed. Coming no said tonight. This I love I turn up. Chop. Every touch. Get to my brain and the foreplay drive me insane and in one good so me could not complain but me mouth go slip my call and I've done my name and him said, Bill, Bill, who the hell you calling, Gear? I didn't say Gary, I said muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way how you did that, that was so crazy. When you said you made people know, okay, yeah, my mouth slipped, so I went back. Just how you did it in third person and back to the story. Wicked concept how you guys put that together. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wicked, wicked. This is now when you're with the Queens of Reggae, when you guys did the tribute to iTrees, the three song in one. What I liked with that visuals there, it seemed like, they were saying, here's your crown. You got crowned from the, the Queens of Reggae. Here's your crown now. You take it further. Tell me how you guys came up with that and even the visuals. Okay. So um, I have to big up Damien Gale and Warrior Films. 
mm-hmm. for, the, for the visuals. The song, the track, was put together by Pentos Records. It was produced by Pentos Records, and he actually chose the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an idea. I wanted to do a medley of songs from females before my time, and Jermaine thought it would be a good idea to do high trees medley and actually do it with, with the queens. And so we did that. Beautiful, beautiful idea and nice vibe while we were recording, you know. I felt like I was one of the actually. I, I I kid you not, because I was in studio singing harmony with um Marcia Griffiths and Judy. Mm-hmm. And I cried with Judy because she shared an experience with me. Um she 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 was happy that I was actually singing her Black Woman song, and it brought her back to the moment she did it. So she was like, listen, I remember when I was pregnant with my album, when she was pregnant with the Black Woman album and struggles, and, you know, she was just sharing some stuff with me, and I felt it, and we cried together, and we hoped that was a moment. I kid you not, that was a real beautiful moment. And then for the visuals now, when we, when, while we were shooting the video and they were teaching me how to do the iTunes rock, <laughs> I was like, yo, somebody take my picture. Take my picture quick. Take <laughs> hey, my picture, I feel so good. You know, because these, these beautiful ladies, mm-hmm. They've been doing this. They paved the way. They've got through the real struggles. They came from a time, a two trap, we call it, when them used to have to go in a studio and if them not have it together, I waste them, I waste time. Mm. No, we approach to this and we can go in a studio and do much takes. <laughs> you know? No, we have social media. We have it easier now. You know, so. I have to just beat them up and I'm grateful that they, you know, that they came on the track with me because they didn't have to beat people them way of them life and have different things to do. They didn't have to um, agree to come on the track and to shoot the video too. So it's a blessing. I have to just beat them up. No love. Beautiful, beautiful experience, man. Yeah, man, you could tell, as you said, you had a moment in the studio just watching the visuals. You could tell that was genuine. This wasn't let's act and stuff. That felt no. really real. Real beautiful song. And I remember I was singing a part of the song wrong. And once there was like, no, man. No, that's not how that part go. <laughs> and she fixed me and set me right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big right there, because even in the same that that was 2020, you also entered. This is your third competition you've now entered. You understand yeah. 2020, you've entered the festival competition. How did that come about now? Yes. So Donovan Jermaine, mm-hmm. he told me that, listen, the festival competition this year, they're trying to, you know, do a little revamp because over the years it kind of lost the flavor. You know, we used to get Ryan and Toots and some. Them a pull out the place with all of them race with the man. Is we used to get some tough songs. <laughs> and it, it kind of went through a little water down season. 
and they wanted to fix that. And so Minister Grange, she 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 spoke to Jermaine about that, and you know, I guess other people knew about it, other artists, because I think they had a meeting or something, and so they decided they wanted to bring some strong artists in at the thing. And Jermaine told me that this year is going to be a strong year. You should write a song. And so we said, okay. But I was like, festival. No, nobody said, man, no festival artist. Because at that point, I didn't even know who was who was entering. So Jermaine said, oh, by the way, you know what? Come sing some harmony from Bojo's song. And we said, what? Who sing some harmony from Bojo's song? No matter where in this world I go, I am a Jamaican. So I did the background vocals on that song. And after I did that, I think two weeks passed, and Jermaine called me and said, No, right? The festival song. I'm going to say, All right, you know what? Let me do it because I don't know women. We're supposed to be glad for them in a competition with Bujo and all these people. What me are we about? So Jeremy said, Tuesday, I have a session. That time I didn't even have one line ready for a song, you know. I had to just jump into it and put on my thinking cap. And I was like, yeah. You know, we said, oh, that many one people. That was my first thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that many one people. So I said, one people, oh, one country, oh. Hey, spreading love everywhere we go. So, okay, beautiful, because the truth is, no matter where we go, in other world, people always be like, yo, Jamaican's just different. <laughs> nice culture and the music just, yo. So we say, all right, I'm going to highlight that. We spread love everywhere with our music, with our sports, you know, but I didn't really want to go too deep into the sports because, you know, say, everybody will come and say, you see and boy, run and this one, do that and... So I'm going to say, all right, I'm not go too deep into that. But I'm going to make sure we talk about the oneness of our people. And I did that. Awesome, awesome experience because, I mean, the likes of Toots. Toots. And we had a good conversation, you know, man. Toots, Toots said, he was sitting down and, and he said, you want to sit? Come sit on my lap. <laughs> I would say you're not easy, you know. Yeah, man, it was a nice, nice vibe. R.I.P. Toots Hibbert. Blessings. It was, it was a nice vibe, and I'm happy I had that moment with him. Bojabant, and I got close to a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially for a good cause of festival song and that, too. Yes. Yes. Highlighting the beauty of Jamaica, the people. That's national effort. And you know, even though I didn't I didn't win the competition, just being a part of a competition of that level. Beautiful man. And I you know, people who are look for Buju, they might buck up in that sugar. <laughs> because we did it. Yeah, look for toots high and sugar. Yeah. just like that crazy and this leads us to your brand new song right now this actually yeah. speaks to basically the whole world where we've been 
we've had a rough two and a half years for the last little time there. So yeah. you decided to come up with this song. Now, Mr. Government, it also, this is acoustic version and it also features Glenn Brownie. How did you put this song together and what's the response you're getting for this song in particular right now? Overwhelming. Overwhelming, believe me, because this song, I did this song for the people. Mm-hmm. In 2009, when I won that competition, it was the people who gave me the courage I needed to, to believe in myself. And like I say, when I go on the road, people kept saying to me, like, girl, I will vote for you. I will not hear nothing. Mm-hmm. I will not hear anything. So when I sat down and I looked, around me and I saw and I heard the cry of the people, I decided to put it all in this song for them. Not just, this is not just a Jamaica song, you know, because Canadians can relate in a cold, cold Canada, even though sometimes there's a safety net. It's like you have to dash away your whole pride. You understand? You have to show away your whole pride. Forget certain things. So, you know, this song reflects the cry of the people, the sentiment of the ghetto, the mood of the struggling, suffering man who is trying to make ends meet. This song reflects it all. Hungry and stress is a bad combination. Minimum wage can't quench starvation. How we survive is a miracle. Oh, we do it, you know, because, and it's, it's true, because, like I said, I am a ghetto girl. I am a ghetto girl. I am from the ghetto. My mother is from the ghetto. Daddy, all of the siblings. So we know it. We know turn corn meal. You know, we used to roll up turn corn meal and chew it up and catch it in our mouth. And we used to have fun. We know zinc fence lifestyle, all of that. Oh, it never used to make us sad because we never even realized we were poor. Mm. But when you become an adult now and you start having your own children, and you want better for them, because you, now you realize, you know, you want better for yourself, you want better for your kids. You want them to speak properly too. You want them to eat properly too. You want to be able to put on a proper shoes and a proper outfit on them. It's a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and when so much has been promised, but nothing fulfilled, it's like, it feels empty. Like you cry and you just is an everlasting cry. You know, like there's nothing behind that cry. And so I just I know that music is a beautiful tool and it can be used to initiate change. And in doing this song, I was hoping, you know, that this song would would implement some some sort of change. You know? <sighs> Hello, Mr. Government. This is a call from the ghetto. Please don't forget the poor people elect you. Things down here is not so great, but we are trying to the fate with empty plates. Hungry and stress is a bad combination. With the moment which can't quench starvation. For we survive is a miracle. Nothing no change since we fought for you. Oh, right now the problems of the poor. Oh God. It's not not knocking on the rich man door. I'm here tell you, say, 
As long as we pocket them been secure. Oh God, things won't be peaceful anymore. You know, <laughs> as just the people's cry. I'm a believe so I'm going to owe it to the people, but owe it to them because, see, you lend me your platform. You're lending me your platform right now to deliver this message. These people don't have this platform. And so I just have to represent their voices. Definitely amazing visuals, amazing acoustic sound and everything. And the message hits right away. As soon as you listen to it and the chorus comes in, you know this right here, this is a powerful song. Thank you. Big up Donovan Germain on the production. Uncle Brody, Glenn Brony on the guitar. It was a good vibe. We, we, we had a good vibe creating this song in studio. Jermaine said, from sugar, Brony. <laughs> and we sat down in studio together and, you know, mm -hmm. we shared. We shared a musical vibe. He played and I saw. And it was a good energy. Because, you know, Glenn Brown is an elder. They hear. Mm -hmm. know things and him, him feel good. And when the energy is right, powerful things can happen. I'm happy we did it together. That's a big up um, Ryan and the crew for the video because mm -hmm. just a beautiful video, Dread and Dread. You open yourself, Terminal, Terminal 3, beautiful. <laughs> I liked individuals where it started off like grayscale, back, black and white. And then when the color faded in, it's like you didn't even notice it until you look back and say, hey, the color just came in. Very nice visuals. Yes, beautiful. And it came in at the right time too. When I said, stop going like you're blind. Stop going like you're blind or you don't know what I want. Hungry belly can never keep calm. When they youth them did something for consume. And I go roll if them choose for use the gun tool. Hey, where the look of them come from? We want to know how bring the criminals if it's illegal importation. Who cleared them or is it accidental? Why tell we? Cause right now the problems of the poor. Amazing song, amazing song. Got one last one for you. How about all this great music you've done, all this touring around the world and stuff. When are we getting this full body of work from you? Full body of work. <laughs> all right so definitely we have an album we have an album uh, myself and donovan jeremy and the whole team we've been working tirelessly on this project because you know i've been with penthouse for years mm -hmm. and uh, you know we finally decided it was time so the album is titled phenomenal woman w-o-m-b-m-a-f phenomenal woman yes Beautiful Project is a reggae album, full reggae album. So for those who keep saying, hey, we miss reggae music, reggae music there, you know? Just keep your ears and your eyes open, man. I'm not the only one doing it, but may I tell you to say, I have a full reggae project coming your way later this year. So right now, we're focusing on singles. 
and we're releasing beautiful singles. So just stay tuned. I mean, like Mosa said, the uh, the visuals for Dear Mr. Government is out. So you can just type in sugar, S-H-U-G-A, Dear Mr. Government, and it will pop up. It's available on all digital platforms. It's on YouTube. The video is there on YouTube. Look it up, like, share, leave your comments. Leave your advice. Say something. Let me know how go on. Let me know how you're feeling. Share your cry. So maybe there can be a part two mm. of the cry. You understand? Because people don't stop crying. Yeah? And of course, my social media handle is Sugar Music. S-H-U-G-A Muscle. I spell my sugar very different because extra sweet sugar. S-H-U-G-A. Hear the sugar. The sugar in that sugar. <laughs> sugar. That's right across all platforms for all her music. A right across sugar music. So you just look me up and I'm there. And I must tell you, listen, I miss the stage like crazy. I miss the stage. I can't wait to be back on the stage interacting with an audience anywhere because I just the vibe that. Record being in studio, recording a song is one thing, but when you're on stage and you're, it's a whole another ball game that's in a man. And I love being on stage. That was my first place to perform on stage before I ever went in a studio. <laughs> on stage was the thing. So that's that. your first love. That's your first <laughs> love. That's what you know. What I mean, that's where you feel most alive is on that. Yes. Stage. Yes, man, all the emotions come out and everything I want to express, it just flows naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, I'm looking forward to being back on stage. We're looking forward to see you on stage sooner rather than later, you understand? Especially yes, with this big song here, Mr. Government, we're definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> big love, enough love, and thank you so much, I must tell you. I think I said it at the beginning of the program, but I'm going to say it again. This is the first time I'm being interviewed on a Canadian platform, and I want to big you up. Thank you so much for having me and giving me all this time to express how we just chat and go out with myself. Thank you so much. Thank you for not only allowing the space to new talent, but also to the veterans because I'm leading and them set the team. And I like to sit and really look at them, watch them. And enough time I draw back for some of them things and just fix it up in my own way, even though I don't need no fixing. But you know, add my little sugar to it. <laughs> Sprinkle yeah, some sugar on it. That. You kept me entertained throughout the pandemic. Not Thank blood. you so very much for sitting down. Big up your team. You guys are extremely professional from the first email till I'm going to tell you why you guys have been extremely professional. You understand? Big up your team. Big up Ryan Bailey. Tiger. You did it. Big up Ian. Um, Donovan, Jeremy, and enough love to the entire team. Thank you so much, Musa, for having me. Thank you. Let me give you an outro and get you out of this conversation. Amazing conversation from even more an amazing talent. You understand? Blessings. Right now, the problems of the poor. Oh, God. It's not now knocking on the rich man's door. 
And me, I tell you, say, as long as we pocket them insecure, oh God, things won't be peaceful anymore. Love, love. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinesmusicut.com.